This evening's reading is John chapter 3, verses 22 to 36. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptising. John also was baptising at Ainan near Salem, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptised, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptising, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Good evening. My name is Ian Broomfield. I'm the senior minister here at Christchurch Bromley. And if you're looking in this evening, wanting to know a little bit about what we get up to as a church family, or to find out more about the amazing person of Jesus Christ, then we hope and pray that this evening will be a great help to you. We're looking at the uh, reading we've just heard read to us and I want us to start by thinking about the last verse, the final verse and the last thing we have recorded in John from a great preacher called John the Baptist. So let me read verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life but whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. There's a point in the Rocky Mountains where drops of rain falling just millimetres apart fall away into different rivers that flow into different oceans. And those drops of rain just millimetres apart, one falls away and goes eastwards into the Atlantic Ocean, the other falls away and flows into the Pacific Ocean in the West. Millibeaters apart, but entirely different destinations. And this verse, verse 36 of John 3, tells us that people may have the same encounter at the same time in the same way with the words of Jesus and yet end up in entirely different destinations. One may 
receive what they've heard and accept it and believe it and see life. The other will stay where they are. That is, according to our verse, under God's wrath. That's rather shocking, isn't it? Perhaps we feel ourselves push back against it. But the extraordinary thing is that we don't have to do anything to stay under God's wrath. To ignore Jesus is to reject Jesus. And it's even more shocking when we begin to think about the sort of people we have met so far in this John's account of Jesus. On the whole, they're pretty honest, hard-working, law-abiding sort of people. Many of them take their religion very seriously indeed and are looking for something that they call God's kingdom. God breaking into this world and bringing his rule and banishing evil. They're looking seriously for that and doing all they can to be part of it when they come. But, and it takes until chapter 4 to meet anyone with the whiff of scandal about them. We shall come to that next week. A remarkable story indeed. But these are honest, hard-working, good, religious sort of people. And yet, according to this estimate, they are under God's wrath and will not see life unless they accept, receive, believe in Jesus. That's the only way, according to John, that we can escape God's wrath. So that's the conclusion to this extraordinary chapter. Some will accept Jesus, others will not. They will reject him, they will ignore him, be indifferent to him. It makes no difference in the end. It amounts to the same thing. And the outcome couldn't be clearer or more different. Like those drops of rain falling just millimetres apart, they end up in entirely different destinations. But why does our response to Jesus matter so much? Why should we need to come to such a definite conclusion about him? And why should we place ourselves under his power and authority? John, the writer of this historical account of Jesus, records the, the astonishing preaching of John the Baptist, whose job was to introduce God's saving sin-bearing and life-giving son to the people of Israel and also then to us to persuade us that we should receive him. So as we open up these verses this evening let me ask you are you ready to be persuaded not by me but by those who were there at the time the two Johns 
John, the writer of this account, who records for us the preaching of John the Baptist, who was sent by God to point people to Jesus when he came. Now, perhaps inwardly you feel the pushback to such uncompromising claims as these. How can I say such things? But this evening we're not listening to me. We're listening to a man sent from God with a specific job description to get people ready to recognise the one sent by God to save and give life. Lamb of God, Son of God. That's the issue before us this evening. So let's get ready to be persuaded by John that here in Jesus is eternal life-giving reality. Let's begin by looking at verses 22 to 30 where we see the danger of missing the point. The danger of missing the point. Here's the thing that many people miss. Christianity is not about religion for God, but relationship with God. Not religion for God, but relationship with God. Jesus later defined eternal life as knowing God and his Son, his life-giving Son. Christianity is not about religion for God but relationship with God, knowing God as he comes to us in Jesus. And it's the point that we so easily miss, the danger of missing the point. Now, we, we get the confusion of John's disciples here. Uh, we're in an overlap period. John the Baptist has been carrying out his day job. He's been the market leader. Uh, and Jesus now leaves the carpenter's workshop and makes a career change uh, to become an itinerant preacher. And he's become the market leader, hitting, gathering more followers and hitting higher targets for baptisms that his followers are carrying out. So no wonder John's followers are a bit shaken and demoralised. And then a, a Jew, a religious Jew, comes along and starts questioning on this topic of purification. Who is making people clean here? Is it traditional Judaism? Is it John the baptizer? Or is it now Jesus? And no wonder they're a bit confused, shaken and demoralised. Whose way is the right way? Now, history is littered with such religious debates of more or less significance. And so often the focus is religious practice. So what's the correct form of baptism? Sprinkling people with water or dunking them under water? Is it right to hold virtual communion services during lockdown? That one fueled the heat on social media for some considerable time and at great length in some cases. But it isn't that these things don't matter. 
but it's easy for them to become the main thing so that we miss the main point. We miss the point that what matters more is not what form water baptism takes, and baptism as a visible sign of belonging to Jesus Christ and his people matters. It matters a lot. Jesus said it matters a lot. And similarly, taking bread and wine to remember the Lord's death is something given to us by the Lord Jesus. It matters. It matters a lot. But what scripture tells us, what Jesus tells us, is with baptism that what really matters is being born again of the Spirit of God. We've heard of that already in John chapter 3. What matters more with communion is not necessarily the form in which we take it, though we need to be careful with that. But are we proclaiming the death of the Lord Jesus amongst ourselves and to the world? A death that happened those years ago in history, once and for all. Are we telling one another and reminding one another of that and proclaiming to the world? That's the point of it. And it's danger for, dangerous to miss the point on these things by making the secondary thing the main point. So when John's disheartened followers come to him, he reminds them of the main focus of his ministry. Yes, it's a God-given ministry for a specific time and with a sell-by date on it as well. And John says, look, I've told you already, I'm, I'm not the Christ. I said I was the spiritual engineer. And here today, he tells us that he is the best man at the wedding who announces the arrival of the bridegroom so that the party can get started. That's his job. And that's John saying, look, I'm just the best man. And once the bridegroom arrives, my job is done. Let's get on with the party. It's over to him. And that's the pattern for all authentic Christian ministry. It points to Jesus. So let's not miss the point. Christianity is about relationship with God, not religion for God. So we need to go to Jesus, not to any man or woman, but to Jesus. So let's turn to the choice we all face and let's listen again to what John has to say to see if he can persuade us to accept, to receive, to believe in Jesus and come under his power and authority that we might find life. The issue in the end is, can we trust Jesus? Is he who he claims to be? Look first at where Jesus comes from. Verse 31, John says, the one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth 
and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. So John talks about water, the things of earth, but Jesus talks about the spirit, the things of heaven, because he comes from eternity, the realm of the eternal God. He tells us of what he knows from first-hand experience of the realm of eternity, and therefore he speaks with authority about it and is above all the things of earth. He is supreme. And see to what he brings. He brings the truth direct from God. Verse 32. He testifies to what he's seen and heard. But the sadness. No one accepts his testimony. Even though he speaks with such authority. And verse 33 is very surprising, isn't it? So the contrast with the person who has accepted what Jesus says has certified that Jesus is truthful. No, it doesn't say that. That's what we expect it to say. It says it has certified that God is truthful. In other words, our response to Jesus reveals what we think about God himself. To reject Jesus is to reject God. And that's why our response to Jesus matters so much. That's why we cannot be indifferent to him. And that's why the conclusion in verse 36 is so sharply drawn. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him and Jesus is given the spirit verse 34 the one whom God has sent speaks the word of God why because God gives the spirit without limit the spirit rests on Jesus in full measure we've heard that already in chapter 1 so everything Jesus says reveals God to us. His words are totally trustworthy. And so, verse 35, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. He can do no wrong. He's the spitting image of his Father in all his greatness and in all his goodness and graciousness. And so Jesus truly is, above all, with supreme authority. On his lips, the word of God. In his hands, all authority from God. Jesus is fully God, as Son of God he reveals God fully to us. Jesus, he has the fullness of the Spirit and he can give the life of the Spirit, the eternal life of the Spirit, in knowing God in relationship, not by doing religion for God. And so this section and John the Baptist's last word comes to this conclusion. The choice we all face 
is very clear indeed. There's a wonderful promise. Verse 36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. That is a wonderful promise. But there is also a serious warning. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. So in Jesus, we have a lifeline thrown out to us as those who are drowning in the sea of our own choice of living life without God. But Jesus throws us a lifeline. The choice we all face is whether we will take hold of it or simply leave it lying in the water. The choice we all face. But John the Baptist and John our writer is commending Jesus to us and saying, look at him. Look at the wonder, the glory, the goodness, the majesty. You can trust him. You can put yourself in his hands. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful promise that in and through Jesus and believing in him, we may receive eternal life. Please open our minds to understand these things and open our hearts that we may receive them joyfully and share the joy of John the Baptist in opening our mouths to proclaim the praise of your glorious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.